All right, Maria. Uh-huh. I got a bone to pick with you. What did I do? You made fun of me and when I said salam alaikum. I did, yes, because you said you you tried so hard. <laughs> well, how is it supposed to be said? You never corrected me. You well, also didn't respond, which is very rude. <laughs> well, we were doing a back and forth bit. I thought you were like closing off, you know? Because we were doing like bonjour, bonjour, no, good day, uh, all that. Well, and so I thought you were like sort of well, closing that Well, you broke off. it by making fun of my pronunciation. Well, yeah, because you uh, pronounced it wrong. I don't know what you want from me. Well, how are you supposed to pronounce it? Okay. Salam. Salam. Walaikum. Walaikum. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I still got a little bit of got American it. in there, but that's okay. What? You can't get the American out of the American. That's that's true. This is this is true. Yeah. Uh, how do you respond? No, then you uh, you respond with Waalaikum. Waalaikum. Salam. Salam. Yeah. Okay, Maria, you got five minutes to get out all of your ranting. I don't want to rant now. It's too tired to rant. What are you talking about? You're too tired about? to rant. That's oh, okay. not true. If you t- if you start a rant, I will I will follow through. Um, but that's mostly because Maria. I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Uh, editing what? that episode was so hard. <laughs> editing last week's Look, episode was you so hard. Started it. Okay. I, what I didn't do was end it. Yes, which you should have done. On. You're the referee here, not me. I don't know oh self-control for that sort of thing. Well, I've learned my lesson then. Yep. I've learned my lesson, and now we're going to start a very normal, consistent podcast. Yeah, we're definitely not going it. to accidentally tangent into capitalism in this very specific episode. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. Yep. You're All right. welcome. We'll get there. We'll get there. Preparing to endure is inhuman. Inhuman. This is truly hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. In a cell. Welcome to Hell in a Cell, an animation podcast hosted by me, James, and that's Maria. Hi. There she goes. We watch an episode of an animated cartoon and then talk about it. Maria, what did we watch? We watched two episodes of Over the Garden Wall. Why? As per tradition. Oh, okay. Yep. Yes. It is spooky October ween. It's ominous October, James. Come on. Uh, Get our branding right. Oh, shoot. We also have to do The Simpsons. I totally forgot about that. I mean, we could do that at some point. We gotta do that at some point. Anyway. Oh, uh, God. Anyway, sorry. Look, James, uh, our communications team work really, really, really hard to come up with Ominous October, okay? God. Do you see them okay. over there slaving away on, on, on the social medias trying to keep us afloat? We, we don't have a comms We team. haven't I posted on team, social media. Yes, I know. I am aware. Okay. It's because we don't have a comms team. Our comms team is non-existent. Oh, my God. Wow, just making us sound so professional. Anyway. We're two people. <laughs> two people can do things. With help, yes. With help, yes. Also with money, but yes. We don't have that. We don't have that. <laughs> Give us money. Yeah, that would be nice, actually. <laughs> God, remember when you... I need a new mi- he- microphone. Yeah, you do. You do need a new microphone. Yeah. Anyway, remember when e-begging was like a thing? E-begging? Oh, you don't. Like that was like a, a like people would make fun of like this was like way old YouTube. Oh, right. Your internet. Okay. Where, you know, before Patreon, uh-huh. you know, came out and that was, you know, people's mode of operandi. <laughs> For getting uh, money out of people. Anyway, doesn't matter. We watched Over the Garden Wall, episode five and six, Mad Love and Lullaby in Frogland. 
Uh, Mad Love was written by Natasha Allegri and storyboarded by Zach Gorman. Uh, Lullaby and Frogland was written by Bert Yoon and storyboarded by Nick Edwards. And their original release dates were November 5th, 2014. Woo! Oh, okay. Good show. <laughs> good, good show, boys. Good show, old Good bead. show. Indubitably. Oh my god, you can't do that. Yes, yes. You can't. Mm, what you a can't. distinguished gentleman. Oh mm. my god. You can't do that. You're not. What? I don't. You're the the Indian in you is rejecting the British accent, <laughs> Maria. It's just what are you telling me that? How come your American is that? You guys did the rejecting first. That's very different, uh-huh. though. Uh huh. You guys rejected the British for a good reason. I mean, we, yeah, it's almost like they were, you know, killing and torturing and. Yeah, we know. we didn't want to pay taxes. Wow, jeez, what a hard life so, you live. Exactly. So that's the, and we have this weird fascination with the British royal family now. I thought that was, I'm sure. I thought that was just a Canadian thing, but actually, it's not entirely true. There's no, a lot of, no, lot it's, of, uh, yeah. it, it's Canadian, American, and a little Australian, I think. I mean, we still kind of serve the Queen. You, when you like get a citizenship, you have to pledge your allegiance to the Queen. In Canada, you yes. mean? Yes. Not in India, I hope. No, 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 no. <laughs> they still have a very important diamond of ours that we haven't gotten back, and we're very pissed off about that. You should be. Why do they still have that? It's because it's the British royal family. Nobody oh. can get anything from them. Oh, yeah. You can't get anything from those people. Exactly. You'd have to, like, exterminate them all. Which yeah. is very hard. They're like cockroaches. Yeah, there's so many of them. So check under Epstein's Island. You'll probably find a few more. <laughs> Ooh. Oof. 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 Ooh. Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Maria, what happened? What happened? Well, that's an interesting story. There's an old man. Gandhi? No, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, he, there wa- he was an old man. He, I mean, he's dead. Yeah, that you know, he was young at some point, but he was old for most people. Anyway, um, he was young for a long portion of his life. Yes, yes, for decent, you know. Yeah, he did study law school. He did study law and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So you know, it's very yeah. Yeah, Very distinguished gentleman. Mm. Yes, he, yes. Didn't he? Uh, he actually went before uh, the parliament, didn't he? In England when he so. was younger and talked about the plight in India. I think so, but it's been a very, very long time since I've done history, Indian history. So hmm. I'm, I'm, I, don't quote yeah. me on this. I'm just trying to remember the movie. <laughs> Amazing. I think he did, and then he went to like South Africa for a while too, and then came to India, and that was a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bit random, but sure. Yeah, he he was. I'm pretty sure he was close with Nelson Mandela. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, makes sense. Yeah, and then he was. <laughs> they shot. both were. Oh. Well, well that's, way that's later. Sad though, end of the after. story. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of, okay, you don't even want to know. There's at least, like, three members of the Gandhi family that have been assassinated, like. Right, yeah, it's a rite of passage in that family to get assassinated. Yeah, exactly, like, you just gotta, at some point, you know, just eat a bullet, um, bite the bullet, (laughs) literally. Um. (laughs) What happened, Maria? Nothing. Oh, (laughs) nothing, go home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're going home. That's the end of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Yep. This is 11 minutes of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Back on track. So, there okay, was an old man. Okay. Everybody was in this old man's house. Okay. He's a but it rich wasn't old man. 
It's a okay, very, very rich Gandhi. old man. Definitely wasn't Gandhi. No. Okay, got it. Uh, I forget what his name was. It uh, doesn't matter. But he was, he's this this rich merchant, tea merchant, who's got mm-hmm. a giant, giant, you know, sum of money. Uh, you know, he's just got a, he's got so much money that he built a huge mansion. And um, Wirt and Greg and Beatrice and the horse. Um, and the frog. And the frog, yes, whose name has not been decided yet, um, is uh, uh, they're all in this person's house um, trying to get some money to board the ferry to uh, get to Adelaide. And um, they basically, the the old man tells them the story of how one day when he was walking around in his huge mansion, he came mm-hmm. to a wing that he had doesn't remember making. But then again, mm-hmm. he has a huge mansion. So, you know, he might have made it at some point and forgotten. Um, oh, to be so rich. Um, and he... <laughs> Uh, he sees this, he sees the painting of, of a lady and then he sees the lady and gets, you know, passes out just on the floor. Um, and then when he wakes up, she's gone and he's, he realizes that he's fallen in love with this, with this beautiful specter and, um, Greg decides that he wants to go look for the ghost. Find the ghost. Find the ghost. Find the ghosts. And, um, Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, and Wirt and Beatrice and the horse. Well, no, actually, the horse goes with, with Greg. Uh, decide to stay back and try to rob the man for two pennies. Cents? <laughs> two pennies. Two yes. pennies, yes. Two pennies. Yeah. So... They look around. In the meantime, Greg is gone with this old man looking through the house. He's, like, showing Greg around. They, like, enter the greenhouse, and it's great and nice and beautiful. And they find out that, like, you know, he's a tea merchant. That's where he grows his tea leaves. Um, On the other side, uh, Beatrice and um, Wirt... Sorry, yes, Wirt. Beatrice and Wirt are, like, looking around for stuff, and they keep bumping into shit and breaking pots and eggs and all sorts of things. Um, priceless goods. Um, until they uh, hear the sounds of walking. I forget if it's, like, the elders are coming back or if it's just a horse. Um, and they hide into a wardrobe and have a little heart-to-heart chat. And find out some more about each other and realize that they actually like each other. And then through the through the wardrobe they find a secret passageway. And they end up in the room that that the tea merchant um found the weird specter of the lady. Um and uh, Word sort of points out how the how the decoration, oh, sorry, not the decoration, the like, into the design for the room is very different. It's very French as opposed to the tea merchant's very <laughs> English royalty style. Um, what a nerd. I mean, yeah, yeah. architecture is fun. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so he. Uh, you know, he tells Beatrice, and Beatrice like, you're a nerd. Um, and That's what I said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he is a nerd. Anyway, <laughs> so Greg and the, t- and the merchant show up, and the Greg is like, uh, and, the, and the merchant is kind of sad, because he's pretty sure he's, it's, it's a ghost, you know, like, there's nobody in this room. It's like a bedchamber. And then... Wh- Greg is like, look, and suspicious, suspicious mess seems like a struggle or some shit. Um, and then the lady shows up and then they both like look at each other and go like, ah, and then realize they're both actual people and they've fallen in love with each other. Duh? Question mark. And then, you know, proceed to price fix the market because they, she is also the heir of a tea 
Empire. Uh-huh. And it turns out that they both just are so rich that they've built such huge mansions that it connected on accident. And now they're going to live together in this mansion forever and continue to raise the price of tea so that the poor people can never afford it again. The end. <laughs> well, actually, not the end. So the, uh, <laughs> the tea merchant is, like, really happy about, like... It's like, oh my gosh, Greg, you're so smart. Here's two pennies to start your own business. This is what my dad gave me to start my business. Not true at all. That's not how that works, my guy. Pennies are worth squat. And Greg is like, that man pegged me wrong. I'm so dumb. And then he throws the money into the fountain. And they, in the next episode, have to... Okay, hold on, Marie. Yes, okay. Because I have a lot more to say about this episode than the next one. Okay, fair enough. Do we just want to discuss this one first, or do we want to get through the next one? No, we could do this one, and then go to the next one. That's fine. Okay. What did you think of this one, Maria? Because I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Not really, no. I loved it. It, the, um, The backgrounds were so beautiful on this one. Were they, though? Yeah. Were they? Yes, because they, w- they would change along with as they went through into, like, think about the amount of different scenes that though that episode had to have, which was, like, interior scenes that were, like, decorated and designed and shit. Well, if you think about it, Maria, there's, like, five scenes? It's probably six. Maybe okay. six. Okay, there's the there's the dining room that they eat in. Okay. The other room that they go into. The parlor. The parlor. Whatever. The corridors. <laughs> there were, I yes. think, two variations of that. Yes. The um, greenhouse. Yep. The room of the... Um, the bedroom. The bedroom. <laughs> then the outside when they're, like, talking to him. Uh, yep. And there's, like, two scenes on the outside, so there's, like, seven. Okay. I'm, okay. For a fifteen-minute episode, that's a okay. lot. All right, that's a lot. I I guess. My problem with this episode uh-huh. is that it was not. We've we've watched a lot of horror movies, you and I. Yes. For some stupid reason. Yes. Horror movies have a very specific aesthetic, and we're doing a ghost story. This episode okay. had a very poor aesthetic. Oh, I guess from that like angle, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like Do you're you saying they should I'm have saying? gone in harder into the like ooh, spooky ghost thing. Well, I think I think that's what they were doing. Uh-huh. I think that's what they were really trying to do, but I think they ran up against an issue. Uh-huh. Which is we have horror aesthetic, which is very deliberate, you know, you have lighting is so important in a horror story, mm-hmm. visual horror story. You know, it's, uh, it's a rare horror movie that can get away with doing something scary in the daytime. Right. And even then, it has to be very deliberate with mm-hmm. it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is mostly set in the daytime, but it still remains scary by having a very oppressive presence to it mm-hmm. and a lot of buildup to the horror. Right. Whereas, you know, most normal horror stories have a very dark, moody atmosphere because, right. you know, we as humans naturally fear the dark. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of inbuilt into us. The problem I think they ran up against is digital animation. It would... Digital animation is, you know, everything. It's It's tending towards everything being very smooth and everything's lit and everything's visible you Mm know compare that to like gargoyles where the you know which is painted cell animation for the most part like how they can change the atmosphere of that through you know from scene to scene Mm -hmm. through the lighting that they put into the backgrounds and the characters I just, I don't know if the, it was too hard or too time-consuming mm-hmm. to really put in the, 
lighting needed to make this a more, you know, not even spooky, just sort of like ambient story because it's very flatly lit. That's Does that true. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I think there could have been some more, like, ups and downs in the, like, uh, mood. I think that there could have been some moral creativity with some of the scenes, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, like, thinking of it in that lens. Like, I never looked at it in that lens. I just thought of it as mm. just, like, another, like, story. And it almost felt like it was more a moment for the characters to develop a little bit more. So they kind of leaned back from the distracting like theatrics or like not i say theatrics but like cinematography that could maybe pull away from those moments like at least at least that's how it was in my mind right like with beatrice and um uh work like having conversations and stuff okay i can get that i just i wish then that that was more of the story rather than just like three minutes of dialogue between them that's fair that makes sense. Like, yeah, probably about three minutes where they're alone together. The rest is, you know, Greg and the old man and him going nuts. I fucking, I love Greg so much. Well, yeah, we all love Greg. He's we great. stand Greg. He's great. He's so stupid, and I and I love it. <laughs> He's got the the perfect like, just the perfect writing for a toddler well not a toddler but like a <laughs> like a preteen um mm-hmm. child um who's just like he's just is just like entering that that period of like emotional maturity where you like it is like just before that time where you're supposed to like um start having empathy it's like white it's like around that time period mm. it's like Greg has no empathy yet. He's just he's just on an adventure. Greg is out there. He doesn't even understand the danger he's in right now. He's just out here. He found a frog and he's got a rock and a kettle on his head. Oh my god. And he is fine. Oh my god. He likes sure, potatoes sure. and molasses. Sure, and... sure, yes. Keep talking about the potatoes and the molasses, yes. Wow. There, you know, there, right. there. Okay, it's your turn now. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Just kidding. Keep going. You can keep going gushing about Greg. Do you want to save that for the next episode, though? I mean, I guess so. Where he's a bit more... He's great in the next episode. I, l- I love the next episode so much. Um... <laughs> I think that it's also because like this episode is kind of a transition out a little bit from the horror parts of of like of the show because like there's not that much horror in in the second episode until they meet Adelaide right like which is kind of the spoopy bit Uh, but it is still again a little more like drama than it is horror you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think I can see because it is like you're like ramping up to the finish, right? So there needs to be some more like character development. There's a little bit more like people getting to know each other and all that stuff because we're ramping up to the point where it's like we Mm -hmm. need to tie up the story. Uh, Spend a lot of time messing about here. (laughs) Met pumpkin people and ghost ladies that eat turtles and... Like, I can see that. I can see that. I I wish they had focused more on that then. Yeah, I, I get that. Also, just Greg just tossing the coins in the fountain. It's just like... <laughs> uh, why didn't they go after them? It's a fountain. Well, because cause, cause you can't just jump into a random person's fountain, James. That's illegal. That's trespassing on private property. <laughs> He's their uncle. He could do whatever they want on his property. I mean, they he's smashed not. half of his stuff. They did, but okay, he's rich. He's not gonna even think twice. He forgot he couldn't even tell he was in somebody else's house. He thought it was his. <laughs> but he could tell that when somebody goes into his fountain. Yes, because he was standing right up there. Might not even be his. He was standing right up there. Oh my goodness. Also anyway. the horse gets a job. Yeah, see, cap- capitalism, they, they create jobs for people. Oh, my God. 
It's, oh gosh. Anyway. I I get I get what you're saying though. Like yeah, I think I they mean, could have like you know, hammered. It's not a bad bit. episode. It's not, it's not. It's not bad at all. I don't think any of the episodes are really bad. It's just some of them are are very are much more like on point with ambiance, which changes, right? Mm, like, depending yes. on what kind of, like... Because there's, like, again, there's the very, like, raw horror of the beast, like, running after people versus mm. the kind of, like, creepiness of the highwayman, right? Like, because there's a right. lot of levity in that episode otherwise, right? And, like, yes. kind of the com- comedic horror of, of, like, the man who's stuck in a in a Yeti suit, right? Like... Or in the Bigfoot suit, where it's not exactly horror, it's just more of just, like, a mystery happening, right? But then you get a little more Mm. classic, like, we don't know what's going on in this house yet, sort of, like, horror with the ghost chick, right? I mean, if they wanted to, like, lean into, like, a a classic Victorian horror, they needed to be a lot more Thunderbolts in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that, even that would have kind of changed it quite a bit. Like, even if there was some thunder, like, Mm -hmm. there, I think that that would have definitely, like... And then suddenly it's just, like, bright and shiny, like, towards the end when they Uh, realize she's not, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would have been Yeah, of course. That would make sense. Yeah, it just doesn't really fit. Like, I get that. It, there's two elements fighting for control of the episode, and neither mm-hmm. of them win. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's that's fair. That's my problem with the episode. Uh, there was some really nice eyeball animation, though. There's <laughs> always some very decent eyeball animation. I think that's kind of what makes most of this show, is like the good, the good eyeball eyes. <laughs> it's some good, good eye animation. I guess so. I mean, think about the pumpkin people with their, like, hollow-ass eyes. It was great. They were still so emotive. I don't. don't, You you know what? Sure. Sure. How dare you? How dare you forget about the pumpkin people? (laughs) I remember the pumpkin people. The pumpkin people is probably my favorite episode. I I do enjoy. I did enjoy that episode quite a bit. That kind of, like, does. That episode did set up the, like... The idea of, like, yes, most of these episodes are going to be, like, set up and, like, a pay payoff, but in a subverted way, right? Like, nothing is right. actually ever scary, except for the beast. Uh, right, Ooh. yeah. The, the danger is not the the unknown. It's the the thing that feeds on the unknown. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah. The, the unknown is not the danger. Change is not the danger. You know, it is it is the thing that feeds off of that fear. Right. That is the real danger, which is the moral of the story, I think. Yeah, I think I get that. The second episode that we watched was... I forgot what it's called, but that's okay. Um, uh, Frog Jamboree or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's not uh-huh. what it's called. Um, it was a lullaby <laughs> or something. All by a broken dreams. On a road to your no, no, Green Day. I I no? know the song. Oh, okay. Just I'm just giving you like, the look of like, I'm the vampire. I'm I'm the one going off track here. Wow, I'm not allowed to vamp. Yeah, you are. Oh. All right, uh, what you got about Green Day? Oh, Green Day. I mean, like. They're fine. <laughs> I haven't listened right. to a Green Day song in years. Hot take by James right here. They're fine. They're fine. Like, they got a lot of hate back in the 2000s when they were around. But there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of fans of Green Day and there are a lot of people that hated Green Day. It was one of, the, you know, it was one of those bands. Amazing. That kind of, I think they, they came it, basically out Basically what you're saying is there were Green Day fans and then there were contrarians. That's what you're I would, saying. I'd call them haters, probably, more yeah. than contrary. They weren't, they didn't contrary anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were just like, I hate the thing because it's popular. Yeah, those are what contrarians or, are. Also, I hate the thing because they criticized the Bush administration, but in a very clumsy manner. Look, 
All musicians criticize the government. That's their job. That's literally, you know what? I'm not even going to say You were not around during 9-11, were you? No. I wasn't. Still doesn't you, change the fact uh, that you're allowed to criticize the government. Do, do you know what happened to the Dixie Chicks? They were ruined? Yes. All right, there we go. They they said that George Bush started, you know, is a is a war criminal or whatever they said. And I they mean, got, he is. They're not well, wrong. yeah, he, well, you know, it depends on who you ask, really, you know. But they got Jason. like chased out of Nashville. Their record label dropped them. That people bought their you know records just to smash them on the ground. It was, Which is it was really stupid because you gave them your money. You've literally yeah, given it, them it, your it. money. Like what? It was like that weird, like, it was that, okay, you remember that weird time where Keurig did something and people were tossing their coffee machines out? Like, what are you doing? Yes. What what are you doing? Oh, yeah. uh, That time, I think they figured it out, though, now. Mm -hmm. I think they figured out the stupidity of that because I don't think they're doing that anymore. That was hilarious, though. That was so, that was so cool. That was hilarious. It's so stupid. You've already given them your money. It is something that is important that you use on a regular basis. And you decided to, what, throw it out because you got mad at something that a corporation did? Like, they care about you. They got their money. Oh, my God. I think that there was, like, a really expensive shoe that came out, like, uh, or, like, 2016 that the... They bought and destroyed. I forget. It was just like, why? So you're going out of your way to give them money and then also free press. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think they realized how stupid it was because now I think they're just mass buying things like the beans. Remember the beans, Maria? Oh my God, Goya beans. Yeah, the Goya beans. Oh my God. Yeah, I think I think they figured it out. But anyway. Anyway, anyway, so back to this episode of frogs and frog people. Um, so they eventually, uh, even though Greg threw away the money, they sneak on board the ferry that they need to ride to get to Adelaide. So they get onto the boat and uh, are like chilling on the deck. There's a bunch of other frog people. They're wearing like wearing like really sort of old timey clothes. Very period, mm-hmm. very period clothes. Um, yes. Having a good time. Very, very, you know, polite. Very composed. Frog people just having a good time on a ferry. Um, and what are you getting at? It's just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to explain it's to the people t- <laughs> that, that the frogs were very posh, well-dressed. And, you know. Oh, my God. Anyway, it'll come up later. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, so they they uh, you know the three of them are chilling and they're hanging out and Beatrice is like very actively, um, you know, uh, on edge because she knows what she's about to do, um, and she actually likes the children a little bit. Um, and so she's just Lord like knows why. She's trying to convince Wirt and Greg. She's trying to convince Wirt to not go to Beatrice anymore. Um, uh, sorry, not Adelaide. Beatrice to Adelaide anymore. And you know, Wirt is like, "What is wrong with you? You're acting all weird and stuff." Um, you're acting sus. You're acting real sus, Beatrice. Am I gonna have to push the button on you, Beatrice? <laughs> Gotta vote you off this boat. Um, <laughs> which won't work because she has wings. Um. <laughs> So there's so uh but then they essentially start getting chased by the the popo. The pop the popo. Yeah, technically the the bobby. Um on the on bobby. on the on the ferry because they didn't pay for their ticket on here. So they run around and they try to hide and they like bump into a lady carrying tadpoles, which is hilarious. Um, and she this just, lady and her tadpoles. Yeah, her tadpoles just fall onto the ground. They're like in like a little bundle, like a bouquet, and then they just like fall onto the ground, and you just see them like squiggling around. Um, and like the 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 Bobby have to stop to like make sure her all her children are okay. Um, uh, and they go hide in like a little closet. Um, and the band is like supposed to start 
coming up to stage. And they basically have the frog, George Washington, um, <laughs> wear a coat and they're all basically inside the coat. So he's just a tall frog. And they're all in like, they're like three people in a trench coat. Um, classic D&D scheme of uh, stealth. Um, oh my god. So three people, three people in a trench coat. Um, they head to the the band area, and um, Greg is the drum. So his like, <laughs> his like he he puts the drum on his face, and then his eyes pop out in the front. So it's just a drum with eyes, and he just like bangs his face. Is great. Um. And uh, you know they act. They uh, push off one of the one of the bosun players, and everybody starts getting mad because nobody's playing the bosun. I don't know what this is. It is apparently a musical instrument that I didn't you, know existed. You don't know what a bassoon is? No, I don't know what a bassoon is. I've never. Oh my never god. Heard of it. But anyway, it's <laughs> we found out earlier in the last episode that Ward can play the clarinet. So Beatrice is like, "You're probably not going to be that bad. You're you're going to be fine." She's obviously lying, but, um, but... Okay, Maria, imagine yes. a saxophone, all right? You know what a saxophone is, Yes, right? I've always wanted to play a saxophone. Oh, my God, you would, you would die. How dare you? The audacity. You need lung capacity. I have lung capacity. I and used strength. to do choir. Okay, you need strength to do it, too. I don't need to be strong, muscly person. I can learn how to play a saxophone. I'll, okay. You'll eat your words one day. I will play the saxophone, so I will learn how to play the saxophone out of spite, just to spite you, just to spite you one day. I will do it. You done? Mm, yeah, I guess, for now. Okay, Imagine a saxophone, but the, it doesn't curve. Instead, it just ends at a thing. Oh, okay. At a hole. That's what a bassoon is, basically. It's basically in the same like, the same like instrument as a clarinet, but it's like yes. deeper, right? Like it's in it's in the yes. same like line of things, but just deeper. Yeah, it's a wind instrument. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, he starts playing anyway. it, and he's actually doing a pretty good job. And George Washington yes. starts singing, and this is Woo. one of my favorite tracks from the nice. from the from the show because it is so nice to listen to, and it gives you all of the autumn feels, just <laughs> like sitting in the rain, listening to that, drinking teas, solid mood, one hundred percent, right there. Also, Greg go. playing his face like a drum. Oh, my God. It's truly one of a truly. kind. Anyway, truly. so because of his glorious performance, the Popo can't kick anybody, kick them off of the stage because everybody love the, loves them. And mm -hmm. they all start yep. dancing. It's a good time. There's frog couples of various shapes and sizes having a good time. Oh, my God. Um... Get to the fireworks factory already. We're not at the fireworks factory. They finally come to the stop and get off. And all the frogs in their posh clothing jump into the mud and sink into it and go to sleep. Yep. Yep. And they invite George Washington to... Well, they invite George Washington. They give him a contract and everything. Yeah, they give him, a con they give him socks... It's like a house elf thing. Yeah. You well, know? more is because he's naked. Yeah, I know. It's it's a sign of class. And, uh -huh. you know, I was just, you know, socks. Look, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry I brought up the thing that shall not be named. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so. Yes. He gets socks. He gets he gets a he gets a a, a contract to sinking on the boat forever now. And Greg is kind of sad, but it's like, you done good, Mr. President done good and uh, Beatrice convinces the two to like sleep for the night and then they all like fall into the mud no that was my joke Maria what that that didn't happen that was my joke if you what recall. didn't happen they didn't fall in the mud well they did they did like sleep well, in the mud but they didn't sink into the mud like the like the frogs did yeah which was kind of Look, unfortunate but it was kind of unfortunate 
Boo 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 everybody. Um, anyway, in then the middle of the night. Then they get to the, the fireworks factory. Yes, in the middle of the night, Beatrice flies off into the distance, and Wart and Greg follow her, unbeknownst to her, and she tries to convince Adelaide to not take the children, and instead take her, turn her into a human, and keep her instead of the boys. And before any decisions made, Wart and Greg walk into the house. And realize the betrayal of Beatrice. Dun, 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 dun. They finally, she opens, so in, a, in an attempt to escape, she opens one of the windows. And Adelaide can't really breathe air. So it's, she starts. It's a dream. Yeah, it's it's a dream. It's it's dream logic exactly. So she's mm-hmm. like, ah, 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 ah. COVID and um, melting. What a world. Yeah, and the two of them run away because they take the scissors. That is supposed to help make Beatrice not a bluebird anymore. Mm, yep, unfortunately. Yep. Anyway, so they try to go. F- they and then they all they walk out into the cold, frigid night. Alone. Alone. No, no George Washington, no Beatrice. No George Washington, no Just Beatrice. each other. Just each other. Yep. No, George Washington shows up at the end. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Never mind then. George Washington's Sorry. there. Beatrice is gone. Because she's <laughs> okay. like... Yep, no Beatrice. Yep. They have no guide through the unknown anymore. Yep. The end. The end <laughs> for now. For now, till next October. Till next October. But Maria, what did you think of the second episode? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. As far yeah. as like and uh, ambiance goes, it was very like well followed through throughout the entire episode, right? Like with the steamboat and the period clothing and the like sunset lake and the like serenading with the music and like the Yeah, we the, take like, a bit of a right turn though when we get to Adelaide. Yes. Oh yeah, it's a sharp turn. I think it is one of those things like when when the story's about to take a turn, like a careening turn. It's like that mm-hmm. lull in the middle, right? Where yeah. They sort of set the audience at ease yes, before, it's very much that. Uh, but there's always that there is that little like sense of something's gonna go wrong, especially with Beatrice constantly like being all weirdly, you know, on edge. So it's always there. There's like mm. that that idea like something is going to happen, but um, it's it's sort of kind of lulled by this <laughs> this episode full of like funny antics and like playing instruments and and like mm-hmm. greg doing greg things <laughs> and this <laughs> lulling song is sung in a very smooth voice you know like mm-hmm. we have the little comedy of the chase scenes and the little like couple <laughs> dropping their tadpoles and all right. that stuff um and then you yeah. you careen into the plot line <laughs> back just like hits you in the face and it just kind of i don't know it's it's a well it's a well-placed it's a well-placed like moment right before you're about to like hit the people with the feels Mm -hmm. um smart move it's a it's a smart move uh yeah i really like this episode uh it, it it's very nostalgic for me okay and probably a lot of people who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, because it is very reminiscent of Merry Melodies okay. cartoons. Mary, do you know what a Merry Melodies is? No. Oh my God, you're such a child. You're surprised. <sighs> okay, I want you to understand there are kids being born that have not seen Shrek. That's impossible. Yes. Okay. That's impossible. I need you to understand that I'm not that young. You are. I saw Shrek. Nemo <laughs> okay. was my first sort of foray into animation. The kids being born oh, right now, that's not what they're seeing. That's not what they're... They're growing up <laughs> watching YouTube. Oh, God. Oh, God. They sh- Kids should not be watching YouTube. Well, kids YouTube, but yeah. Oh, God. That's even worse. Do you know what's on there? 
a bunch of stuff. I know what's on there. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, so Warner Brothers and Disney had sort of the dueling uh, little like um, shorts. They had mm-hmm. one. Warner Brothers had Merry Melodies. Uh-huh. Disney had Silly Symphonies. Amazing. They are they're they're shorts that they produced that were not like their usual, you know, Looney Tunes or Mickey Mouse shorts. Mm-hmm. And they they're usually, you know, musical episodes. Okay. Usually involving an animal, like an anthropomorphic animal. They're they're pretty, you know, they're fun, they're they're whimsical, they're short. Right. But, like, uh, my grandma had VHSs of a whole bunch of, like, Merry Melodies and Silly Symphony cartoons. And that I would watch a lot. And they're, you know, they're very fun cartoons to go back to. They have have an interesting energy. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them feature, like, old songs like Harvest. I I remember one, Harvest Moon. It's basically a whole short about singing Harvest Moon with a lot of nice little animations of a farm. That's adorable. There's a lot of like uh, a response to the rise of jazz coming up mm-hmm. yeah. when they were being made. So there's a lot of jazz numbers. There's one about an owl who wants to, his father is like a classical. A classical musical snob, and his uh-huh. son wants to learn jazz, and jazz is evil. Of course, the jazz devil. is evil, yep. So, you know, it's, and then it's, you know, things happen. The father learns, oh no, jazz is fun. Jazz is you know, great. Jazz being a very, the, of course, it's a very white jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's like basically, <laughs> it's, it's like, from. it's during the turn of, of the musical, like, yes. era of when, like, jazz goes from being like a predominantly black like form of music to mm. the mainstream. It, it's basically like white rappers today. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically anyway. So this gave me very Merry Melodies vibes. Okay. You have like this nice pastoral setting of on, you know, a riverboat. Very classical, very, you know, something that Disney would produce back in the day. Very like, and then you have such a you know a nice lovely song to back up the story. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds kind of nice. It is, yeah. It's so yeah, it's very nostalgic, and like Over the Garden Wall has a lot of nostalgia for old cartoons, Mm -hmm. like the Schoolhouse episode. Yeah, is very old school, like shorts. Where you That's just have episode. these anthropomorphic animals uh-huh. doing a story, you know. And then you have this, which is clearly a reference to, you know, old Merry Melodies, Silly uh-huh. Symphony cartoons. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's nice. So what you're saying is... What you're saying is the creators yes. of... of, of um, over the garden wall, over the garden wall, are very well read in their field. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> this I, is basically so. this is basically the equivalent of like somebody in a research paper citing like old time research fathers. Like this is this is what this is. is it me or them? No, no, them. Like them. Oh, like. Okay. Doing this sort of like homage to the old time, uh, like yeah. this thing. It's very much like how people are like research paper papers will like cite older like people within mm. the industry. Um, mm. Anyway, very niche joke for sure, my academics out there. Um, yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I understand that might not be universal experience, but. Anyway, it's also like a little bit of like some of them get kind of dark at the end. So it's kind of also mirroring the Adelaide stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, it's a a full on reference. I would be shocked if it wasn't. It's good shit right there. It is good shit. It is good shit. It's very nostalgic if you, you know, you grew up watching the old shorts Mm -hmm. on a VHS tape 
at your grandma's. <laughs> ah, yes, VHS. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a very, 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 <laughs> very long time. Oh, God. Hey, without VHS, we wouldn't have Netflix. This is true. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of all I have to say about the episode, though. Mm-hmm. Anything you have to say, Mrs. Ma'am, Mrs. Research Paper joke? How dare you? Listen, I don't know what you want from me. I spent my last three years in university, all right? Academia is cool for them nerds out there. We're literally nerding about, like, animation, okay? Quiet, you. Okay. I could write research about an animation. Could be done. Why it's called didn't content you? analysis. Ugh, it's because I don't have time to. You know how much stuff I have to sift through? If I did research, I would do it on anime. Oh, God, why? Because I hate myself, and oh, I would find... Listen, oh, God. no truer words like... have been spoken other than if you want to do well in college, find a topic that you hate so much. <laughs> oh, my God. And connect that to your studies. <laughs> And write about them in your paper because you will have so much to say and you will write so much more and you will be way better (laughs) at arguing for your point by the time you're through. Trust me. If there's anybody heading into college right now, find something you hate with a passion. For me, jiggle physics. I wrote that. I wrote about jiggle physics. I wrote an entire essay and research paper on Momo. From My Hero Academia. From My Hero Academia. Yes, sorry. So, yeah, you know, okay, Maria, you know, you you wrote your research paper on Momo from My Hero Academia. Yeah. I wrote a 20-page paper on Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. So, but that's a good, that's a thing I like. Well, okay, like, I guess it is something that you're passionate about. But the see, people say passionate, and they kind of, like, get lost in the sauce because passionate can be so many things. I mean, if you passionately love something, you can write about that. But I am telling you, nothing will fuel you through your existence in college than spite for a topic from an internal just fire of hatred. It will propel you because you will type faster than you've ever typed and you'll write more than you've ever written because you have all your arguments already laid out and they're just giving you the fodder to back it up now. Anyway, I do that's, like that's how just... I wrote a 20-page paper and there were people that came in with a single page. Yeah, Double spaced. that's the difference. I genuinely, whenever I wrote about something that was kind of like that, that I was really, really like passionate about, or like, I mean, again, Momo is like one of the things, but like I have written about like the situation back at home for a few of my papers. And I have almost always had to cut some points because I, if I elaborated on all the points that I had, I would go over the word limit. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I didn't cut any points. and. And my instructor was like, all right, next semester, five-page limit. Yeah, so we have limits, like, specifically because, like, some of our professors don't have TAs. So you have to, like, stick to a limit. Otherwise, you're not getting your paper back this semester. No. That poor teacher, that poor professor is just not going to be able to get through that in time. So, you know. Yeah, they got to get through yours. They got to get through the other people's papers from their other classes. And then they've got to get through the papers at the other school they work at. And then also probably like putting in grant proposals and then also Mm -hmm. like filling out um, research, like, uh, sorry, reference letters for like graduate students or potential graduate students. Like they have to do that as well. Um, God, that must be hell. Yeah, I mean, that's why you, you should always give them, a, uh, a like, a packet. So, basically, like, stuff that you've done, stuff that you did for them, a reference. How many do you think actually do that, though? I mean, you should. They, you will get your shit quicker. If you are genuinely serious about going to grad school, you should have a research packet for any professor that you were going to ask for um, um, 
uh, ask a, a reference from and then write a sample reference letter for them. Most of the time, they will read through that, make small edits, and just sign that and send it back. Because you've literally done eighty yeah. percent of the work for them, and they will be very grateful for that. Yeah, here's the thing: how many yeah. how many students do you think actually do that? <laughs> Instead I mean, of just coming like, up to them and be like, "Can you can you get me a letter of recommendation, please?" I mean, I if you're serious about the thing is, there's a difference between doing that for like a scholarship versus doing it for for like graduate school, because everybody knows everybody at graduate graduate school. Fair and enough. sometimes they could just stay straight up say, I don't have the time. But if you have a packet, they'll give it to you. I was trying to make a joke, Maria. I know. I know you are. You just... Listen, you mess up all my jokes. Do I get I? to do the same. Oh my god. Do I? Yes. Go back and listen oh. to some of the other episodes. I'll just be like, I was joking. And you'll just be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I don't listen gone. to our crap. Uh-huh. Anyway, Actually, it was I'm good. I like this episode. I it's yes. it's about to we're sort of like hitting the the like sort of backed up to the arc. Mm. We're just like hitting the yep. the upslope before it like the upslope. The upslope, yep. The upslope. The upward slope. Yes. The upward slope. Yep. You you want to go with that? Yep. <laughs> okay. It's too late for me to word properly. All right. Leave me okay. alone. All right. Uh, anyway. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. It was a good episode. I have fun. Greg is adorable. Um, yep. George Washington needs pants. <laughs> and that's a rock fact. Oh, my God. Oh, God. What do you rate this on our Byzantine rating system that we still do for some reason? A three and a half. For both of them? Yes, it's a cumulative. It's cumulative? Yes, cumulative. I'd give it a I'd give it a three then. How dare you? The audacity. Look, this this first the first episode I really didn't like. Wow. It's because of the capitalism, isn't it? Well, that too, yes. That was also... This little... man and this woman make up like 80% of the wealth in this land. Did you see those poor people in the tavern in episode two? Yes. I mean, we... Yes, they are definitely the serfs that serve them. Yeah. I think the people in the pumpkin village are much more um, pastoral, like, well, they probably also pay taxes. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah, we left before the arc of the um the tax the tax collector starts. Oh, God. Like we leave just before that starts to happen. So. Oh God, where they yeah. have to give half or, of their. <laughs> I think that most of the tax collectors, when they come in, get so creeped out that they never come back again, and that's the only reason these people are fine <laughs> for now. Maria. They're yes. skeletons. They already took most of that already. They they already took most everything already. Yeah, I, I also, guess. Also, tax really collectors right. aren't scared of anything. That's true, I guess. It's... I imagine if you were forced to dig your own grave, which is what the two God. boys thought that they were doing, you would they, yes. you would want to leave. <laughs> I oh, I love that episode. God. It was great. That's a great episode. Yes. Um. Anything else? Uh, Any no. other thoughts? Do you have any other ta- thoughts? Not really. Do you ever have thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Way too many thoughts. <laughs> oh, boy. Much too many thoughts. Wish there was an off button. That would be nice for a little while, mm-hmm. right? There is. It's called Ambien. I thought you were going to make a death joke. I um, was, but then I thought better of it. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. Anyway, what are we watching next time, James? Uh, Well, we're going to try and get uh, The Simpsons Trios of Horror we missed last year. Unfortunately. Yeah, because I got busy. busy. 
Are you pissy well, now? Well, I'm sorry. I ha- I mean, we could probably do an episode. Like, it was fine. I'm sorry I have classes and shit. Like, mm-hmm. nar. Nar. So, yeah, we're going to try and do Simpsons Jurassic Park 2. Yeah. And, uh, and after that, it's November. It's November. Nostalgia November. Where where are we at, Maria? Where are we at? What do you mean? Yeah, in our nostalgia trip. Oh, aren't we in like... What is nostalgia November, Maria? Isn't it the 2000s this time? Is it the 90s this time? I can't believe you. Maria, explain nostalgia November. Oh, it's when we, like, go back in time and watch, like, stuff from different decades ago. Mm-hmm. Way back mm-hmm. when. Yep. So yep. what decade are we on? On, I don't know. The 80s? Wait. Yes. No. Yes? Okay, yes. yes. My God. I should have just let you keep going. The 80s? The 70s? The 40s? No. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like <laughs> Oh, God. The, it's gonna get a lot harder the further we go, but like, <laughs> for me to find James, stuff. we should go back and watch the animation of the caveman era. <laughs> there was none. There was actually. I mean, was so, there? Basically, the way that they have made the cave paintings. So you know how there are like some cave paintings where they found that the animals had like more heads than they should and like people's arms were weird and there were more arms than there should be basically it was done so that in the firelight they would look like their arms and heads were moving i don't know how you review that so basically when they looked at it in regular light they couldn't tell the difference but once a um i think it was a french archaeologist went into a cave they didn't have a torch so they had a a farmer light a lantern and under the candlelight that like shook they could tell that that was what was happening that that was what why those paintings were weird looking I meant, how do you do an hour-long podcast about a cave oh oh that well i mean yeah i guess you couldn't huh i could talk about archaeology no. We talk about cave paintings not, for an hour. It's not what we're here for. Turn into a historical podcast. Oh my god. What? Do you, okay, Maria. If you want to keep going, we can go back to the old Nickelodeons where you put a coin in a slot and you see a woman do a slightly provocative dance in a full dress. That's. I mean. But that's not hand drawn, <laughs> though. That's just moving pictures. Uh, there were some that were drawn. Mm, okay. If you can she access takes them. takes off her glove, Maria. If you can access them, if you can find them, we could do a oldie old times episode where oh, we just God. watch a bunch of really, really old, old, old animations. Oh, my God. That's what we do. Well, yeah, but, like, I mean the super old one. Like, and then go back the all the way to old. caveman era. Anyway, oh, the point God. being, it's November. Caveman. It's nostalgia November, which means yes. we dip ourselves in the nostalgia. So, yep. so what's the first stay one tuned for that. I don't know. You're the scheduling okay. director. Oh, my God. We have job titles now? No, we don't. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll give you a hint. There's cars in it. Cars. No. <laughs> Planes. No. That was a movie, remember? Yes. Uh, there was yeah. cars in it? Yes. I mean, Flintstones. <laughs> no. Flintstones was not a prominent cartoon in the 80s, really. Jetsons. Jetsons wasn't even on besides reruns in the 80s. How come we didn't watch it before then? What? The The, Jetsons or the the Flintstones. I mean, well, we're going to watch the Flintstones when we get to it in Nostalgia November because they're pretty important in terms of television history and cartoon history. 
So. Anyway, what are we watching, James? Don't leave me oh, hanging. God. Transformers. Oh. It's about cars. Lamest hint I've ever heard. <laughs> God. Transformers are that old. Yeah, they're very, yeah they they began in the eighties. Damn. We'll get to it. All right. Car- I well, know Transformers. You're bored, but you could try to pretend. Well, I mean, it's Transformers, really. What do you got? It's got oh my God. a robot that turns into a car, and a car that turns into robots, and the sexy Megan Fox scene over with her like <laughs> looking over oh a car God. hood. Uh, that's it. That's yeah, all that's Transformers has become today. Yeah, that's a bad one. Oh, God. Hey, she was great in Jennifer's body. Though. She was great. She gets. She doesn't get as much credit as she should. She She's needs to do some artsy crap. Unless she's done yeah. with acting. She might be done with acting. Jeez, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, God. Oh, no, she was in those uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. She, she went was, back to Michael yeah. Bay. Uh, <laughs> After calling him Hitler. Uh, which you should not do in front of Steven Spielberg. Oh, boy. Anyway. Yes, we're done. Goodbye. Yep. Bye.